you know the Mr. Krabs meme of him like with the spinny background that's what learning how to code is like it's Mr. Krabs meme Hello and welcome to Lost in the Source. Um, I should probably say Happy New Year because you haven't had a podcast from me in about a month or just over a month. And for that, I'm sorry, but basically I've just been trying to lay the foundation for Black Girl Tech and make sure everything is amazing and perfect. And it's looking like it is going to be an amazing year. So I'm really excited about that. But I'm back, basically. Um, we're back in business and we're going to be talking about coding today and the tools you'll need so this episode is called the toolbox and this is um, a series I'm going to do I don't know how many episodes in the series they're going to be I should have probably like planned that but I didn't Um, so this is episode one in this series one of x and I'm just going to be talking about the different tools you can use to learn how to code and just what all of it means. I found that when I was learning how to code, everything was great, fun, fantastic, as long as I was on Codecademy, and as long as somebody was holding my hand along the way. As soon as I left Codecademy, everything hit the fan, and it just became super amazed. Like, you know the Mr. Krabs meme of him, like, with the spinny background? That's what learning how to code is like once you've stepped out of, like, Codecademy. It's Mr. Krabs meme. Um, so I'm just going to go through a few things that I think will be useful to know and understand when you're like embarking on this journey and you're initially starting out. So let's get started. So the internet, I would say, is the biggest resource you have. The internet is an amazing place, amazing and scary and creepy, but mostly amazing um, as long as you stay within certain realms of it. And there's just so much out there like a lot of the questions you probably have somebody has asked it already and has gotten an answer for it already so it's definitely good for you know reassuring that you're not alone in this but also really good for getting answers and so I would start if you've never learned how if you've never gone into coding before I would definitely start with Codecademy. I've spoken about Codecademy before on other podcasts because I just think it's so amazing. And hey, if Codecademy want to sponsor Lost in the Source, just get at me, info at blackgirl.tech and we can talk. But yeah, um, Codecademy is just a really good place for if you've never ever learned how, if you've never ever coded before and you just need like more handheld step-by-step this is what this is, this is what this is, this is what this is kind of process. And they have so many languages. So I would recommend starting with HTML, CSS, and then, you know, going over to JavaScript and then trying your hand at like SQL, which is more for databases, or Ruby, which is more like programming and the back end, or Python, which is similar to Ruby, um, or whatever other languages they have. They literally have so many. And they now have like a paid option. They have a free option and a paid option. I haven't tried out their paid option yet, but I know that their free option is really good for just whetting your appetite. If you find that, you know, things are going really well with Codecademy free, um, I guess you could you could pay. Another paid option is Treehouse. 
who do more like projects and they have like projects for intermediate you know, and advanced and beginners and it's a similar kind of thing but it's paid and you get like a free trial for I don't know it's either two weeks or one month I can't remember but yeah so co-academy and treehouse are definitely good for like if you've just started co-academy specifically because they have the free option and you know you don't want to like immediately commit to something you're not sure you're going to enjoy or even like so if you know you've done co-academy you've done treehouse and you kind of want to level up a bit <clears throat> sorry i would recommend something like code wars now code wars is more about programming um and it's more I would recommend it for like if you're more on the intermediate to just practice programming skills. I'm sure they have like um, stuff for HTML and CSS too. You can basically pick your language, but really it's more about problem solving and understanding problems and how do we um, figure out the solutions to these problems and what's the best way. And you basically, it's like a game. So you basically get points for each problem that you solve and you can start at a really basic level and just like work your way up um i've done a few code wars problems before and yeah it's it's really nice because you can kind of see the issues and the questions there's like a forum and you can see where other people are kind of finding it difficult and you know that kind of thing it's a sense of community as you're not doing it alone but it's not as handheld as something like code academy and if you want to go like more advanced, there's a site called Project Euler. Now, Project Euler is a list of like thousands and thousands of maths problems or not even maths problems, but like programming problems. And the idea is that you don't you can solve the problem in whatever language you want, but you don't do it on the site. So all these other websites, it's like you do the problem within the site and you can, you know, that's how, this is how you do it. But with Project Euler, you take the problem and you do it locally on your machine. So you don't need the internet to, to solve the problem, really. You just need the programming language. And um, this is definitely for more people who have done HTML, done CSS, and either on to like JavaScript or Ruby or um, Python basically languages that are programming languages not just um front-end languages like html css and so project euler is basically again problem solving how do we find the solution to this problem in the best way and once you you can basically go back to project the project euler site and submit your answer and then see what other people how other people have answered and you what you basically find is loads of people um, answer the, the same question in different ways and that's the amazing thing but also the kind of downside about programming is that there are so many answers so many right answers for one question um, and it also depends on the languages you use and all of that so I'd recommend Project Euler if you are more comfortable with programming languages um, at any level whether you're beginner intermediate or advanced but just more comfortable with programming languages rather than if you've just started doing html css because project euler can be a bit um overwhelming and the same with code wars i would recommend code wars if you're more comfortable with programming languages rather than if you've just kind of started um into coding full stop so those are like the online resources I would definitely recommend. Project Euler is also good for if you're preparing for coding tests um, 
if you are doing loads of coding tests, Project Euler basically, sometimes your sometimes code tests come from Project Euler. I've seen code tests that have been from Project Euler and I've done code tests that have been from Project Euler. But also it puts you in that mind frame, as I said before, of problem solving. So those are the online resources. I will definitely link all of them in the description um, below and I'll probably put a blog post up with just um, a link to all these things and what they are and etc. So you've done Code Academy, you've had a blast and you're like, you know what, I want to take this to the next level. Um, and I want to do things locally. There are two things that I that you will need to code locally on your machine. The first thing is a text editor. Most laptops, computers come with a text editor already. Um, so if you're on a Windows machine, that will probably be something like Notepad. If you're on a Mac like myself, that will probably be something like Text Edit. A text editor basically allows you to write text um, without formatting. So Word and Microsoft Office and all these things allow you to type things up, but they are so heavily formatted. Things like the italics, your quotation marks, the fact that you can have like different fonts, all of that on the like system level is doing loads of formatting to present it in a certain way to the user. All of that formatting, if you were to like transpose into code, would just screw your code up. The most common one I've seen is quotation marks or apostrophes, um, where it's like stylized in Word and you copy that over and the, the um, program who that's trying to understand the code doesn't understand what these fancy quotation marks are because they need it without all the formatting. And so that's what a text editor allows you to just type like plain text. That's basically what you need to type when you're coding, plain text um text edit and notepad are good starting points but honestly like sublime which is also a text editor which you can download online for free is what has really changed the game for me and just made things so much easier because sublime has like syntax highlighting if you're new to coding you may not know that every language has different syntax Similar to like spoken languages anyway, like, you know, the way the French speak is not the way the English speak. We have different syntax, different ways to write things. The same with programmer languages. There are different ways to write things. And so what Sublime gives you is syntax highlighting, which is basically color coded ways of showing you that you're writing the right thing. You're not making mistakes as you write. And it highlights those mistakes if you do make them, which is amazing for coding because the smallest mistake in code can just have the biggest repercussions and just crash your site. And that's not what you want. So Sublime, I think, is an amazing text editor that you should definitely look into getting if you want to move off of Codecademy. Um, but if you if you just want to use text edit and you're fine with using text edit, that's also fine. Like there's nothing wrong with using text edit at all or notepad. The other thing you will need if you're doing something more locally is the terminal. So the terminal is probably the most like bewildering thing that when people see this, when people who don't code see the terminal, it's like, oh my gosh, what the hell 
is this? It looks like it looks like the Matrix screen, you know, with all the green font like going up and down the screen and all of that kind of like computer sci-fi kind of stuff. That's what it looks like. However, the terminal is just so innocent. It, it's not scary. There's nothing to it. It doesn't do anything unless you tell it to do anything. And really, the terminal is essentially the back end version of my computer if you're on a Mac or Finder if you're on a sorry my computer if you're on a Windows machine or Finder if you're on a Mac it is just a way to access files and to run commands now the more you go into coding the more you understand what it means to run commands and Code Academy when you're uh, learning how to code there's a button that says run and it runs what you've written to present what you expect and that's essentially what you'll be doing in the terminal, running commands and telling the terminal to either move files or um, move files or create files or put all these files in a folder, put this folder here, create new folders, things like that. Essentially, the things you can do in my computer or Finder, you can do it in the terminal. The reason why you'd want to do it in the terminal is because it's a lot easier to do in the terminal. It's a lot quicker to find things in the terminal. It's a lot quicker to... Um, move between files and folders than it is in Finder and also the terminal you'll be able to track changes through something called version control and version control is not something I'm going to dive into in this podcast but definitely for the next toolbox episode we'll be looking at version control and what that means um, and why you should use it but the terminal allows you to do um, stuff relating to all that kind of stuff and If you're on Mac, a good term, like, again, Windows, Mac, whatever machine you're on comes with a standard terminal. But I use something called iTerm2. I'm not sure if they have one for Windows, but they definitely have one for Mac. And again, it's just nice to use. It just is prettier to use color coding, all this kind of stuff. It's just it's just nicer honestly I don't think there's too much of a um, big jump between the standard terminal that comes with your machine or item but I just prefer using item and a lot of these tools it's really down to preference nothing is gospel nothing is like oh my gosh you have to use this thing use what you're comfortable with don't be swayed by what you know the community or the majority are saying cool and finally we have the operating system. So I have been saying a lot, you know, that there's this thing for Macs, there's this thing for Windows. And basically the reason for that is that um, Windows and Mac and the third one, which is Linux, uh, respond to code in different ways. And so there are some languages that are much easier to code on Mac than on Windows or on Linux than on Windows. Mac and Linux use a kind of operating system that's of the Unix family and Windows doesn't do that. So there are some languages such as Ruby um, which are much easier to to use on Macs and Linux machines. If you've never heard of what a Linux machine is, don't worry about it. Linux machines are usually just used by like the people who are super, super, super into it and just like want to build an operating system themselves, basically. (laughs) It's basically a super stripped down version of an operating system. You get the basics. Um, 
but most people use Macs and or Windows as in most general people use Macs or Windows so yeah there's just certain languages behave better on different operating systems and I know for myself I've always used a Mac um, even before I started coding so it's just the easiest thing to use for me personally but also the language I code in which predominantly which is Ruby um, just works better on a Mac machine you know but if you're coding in a language like .NET that will probably work better on a Windows machine so it really depends on the language and I'll definitely encourage you to explore and check out online what's what operating systems are best for the kind of languages you want to code in but also Linux is probably the best operating system regardless because it's it's so bare bones um, and it just takes to most things but again definitely research it and it's definitely dependent on the language you're going to be predominantly coding the good thing is if you're going to stick to html and css it doesn't matter like you can code html and css pretty comfortably on any machine as long as you have a text editor that and that's it for html css websites that's all you need a text editor so don't worry too much about operating systems if that's where you're kind of staying for now and that's pretty much it so this is toolbox um number one and i think just for initially getting into coding or like transitioning from beginner to intermediate kind of these are the tools you kind of need these are the stuff that you will need to build and progress and just have something to show for your work and for your portfolio and understanding operating systems to kind of know what to decide on next and how to make the next decisions and the kind of languages you're going to be programming and testing out and trialing and stuff like that so i hope it's been useful for you guys um and if you have any questions do hit me up on twitter at lost in the source or email info at blackgirl.tech and i'll be i'll be so like happy to answer them either on the podcast or via the channels in which you've contacted me cool So um, before I go, I have a few announcements to make. The first is we are, for the whole of February, we are going to be doing um, BGT Hidden Figures, hashtag BGT Hidden Figures, which is basically us just showing black women in STEM who have done amazing things. And it's also to celebrate the release of um, the film Hidden Figures in the UK. And so far, we have been doing stuff on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. You could just see these amazing black women who have who are just flourishing in their field or who have flourished in their field from, you know, computers and mathematicians and biochemists and um, aeronautical technologists and all sorts of women um, across the field, across the world. All the, the only requirement is that she's black and she's in STEM. So follow us on Twitter at Black Girl Tech. And on Lost in the Source, at Lost in the Source for what we've been doing on um, BGT Hidden Figures. Hashtag BGT Hidden Figures. Um, We also have a workshop coming up in February on virtual reality. So in um, January, we had three workshops, two HTML CSS workshops and one salary negotiation workshop with Tribe. 
this month we have one on virtual reality where we will be doing an introductory session into VR. What is VR? What's it about? And how can, you know, you get into it? What are the tools you can use to get into VR and understand VR? Um, and finally, as I said before, if you have any questions, feel free to email info at blackgirl.tech with the subject lost in the source. And I can answer your questions either on the podcast or via email and follow us on Twitter at lost in the source. Follow